0: Hi, besties. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're all well. I hope you've all had a great week. I've recorded this episode already and I thought it was being fun. I thought it was being quirky, but I decided to hold my microphone in a different way and it didn't sound right. And also I realised I spoke way too much about my weight as if it was a defining factor for me and I didn't want to put that energy out into the world. So here we are again recording for the second time. And whilst we're on the topic, I will do a full disclaimer. I am going to be talking a lot about, you know, exercise, eating habits, food, etc, etc, that could potentially be a bit triggering for people. So please, I ask, if this is something that might, you know, cause you some harm or distress in any way, please tap out. I won't be upset with you. Please don't feel like you have to listen on it's totally fine. So yeah, if you feel like this isn't going to be the episode for you, that is fine. Please enjoy your day and I'll see you in the next one. But if this is something you are interested in, I'm going to be talking about my fitness journey, where I started at, where I came from, what we've, what's happened along the way and where I am now and where I hope to be. Because there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack here. This is 21 years. Well, obviously not 21, but at least... 10 years worth of life to talk about so let's get into it so growing up I was a pretty active kid and you know I was always very active in the sports days I was very active in doing extra clubs and things like skipping club and all that jazz after school Um, I did all my swimming lessons and things like that and then I kind of got to the the top group of the swimming lessons and my swimming teacher was like, look, it's either you, you leave here or you go on to like competitive swimming. And I enjoyed swimming. Swimming was fun for me. It was something that I was pretty good at. So I went for a trial and I got into a swim club in my local area and that was at the age of about nine. So this is a long time ago now, 13 years ago. So quite a long time now. And being a part of a competitive swimming kind of lifestyle group, team, whatever I want to say, it has taught me so much. Like I will will preface this by saying the positives (laughs) because there's a lot of negatives, but being a part of that like commitment and dedication. So I started at age nine, I finished, I quit at age 16. And in that time, uh, I got to counties, districts i think it's called regionals something i I can't even remember these days which is terrible because it was such a big part of my life and then i peaked at the age of 12 (laughs) and i went to nationals um and it was kind of downhill from there but it was such a huge part of my life and it got to a point where i was literally training like 20 hours a week 24 hours something like that something crazy and it was like two hours before school so i'd wake up at half past four I would go swimming 5 till 7, then I'd get home, I'd get ready for school, go to school, and then I'd be training like 5 till 7 in the evening or 7 till 9 in the evening, something crazy like that. And it was just this huge part of my life and it definitely taught me like commitment and dedication and all of the things that come along with that because you have to be in that situation. You have to drag yourself out in the, in the morning. I feel like in a way, So I didn't start the early mornings until I was 12, until I moved up a squad um, into like the top squad of the group that were like more focused on, you know, being coming really good swimmers. And it wasn't until then that I started doing morning training at the age of 12, which in hindsight was too early in my opinion, but we move. Um, So I feel like from the ages of 12 to 16, if you're waking up at half past four to go training, like it just teaches you this... Crazy amount of dedication that not a lot of kids at that age are doing. And so I am very grateful for that. It's definitely something I've taken into life since then and made me a much more resilient and dedicated person for sure. But also the sense of team. Like I loved being a part of this big team of people that were all, you know, just trying to be their best and do their best and swim their best and train um we were all just there was like a golden era for like a year or so where everyone was just so nice with each other we were all besties kind of maybe glossing over the underlying negative sides of things um but also you're young so you did I think parents do a great job of hiding maybe some not so good things when you're young um and yeah it was just a great period of life I really enjoyed it um But then we have the negative side of this and with that came a lot of pressure to do really well and then when I quit at 16, it kind of became a pressure with every type of exercise that I tried. So if I wasn't as good as I was at swimming in this type of exercise, then that would be it. I would give up immediately and so I failed every single type of exercise that I tried from that moment on. And it was a really terrible mindset to have because if you think about it, I was swimming from the ages. So not only had I learned from like the age of four or whenever you start learning to swim, not only had I started swimming since then, I'd also competitively swam for like seven years by this point. So of course I was going to be good at it. Of course I was going to be so much better than any other sport. Whereas I would try, you know, running, lifting some weights and I would have no idea what I was doing. And so no one really talked about it either. Like Everyone just seemed to be, everyone else seemed to be doing great at sport and great at what they were getting into and just could immediately do it. And that's because they were actually doing it on the side of swimming the entire time or they, you know, weren't swimmers and they had been doing it a long time. Um, so everything I tried, I failed with. And another thing I wasn't the best at during this time. So anyone knows that, you know, if you want to be good at a sport or you want to be successful in sport... It's not just about the exercise and the sport that you're doing, but it's also about, you know, the nutrition and what you're eating that goes alongside it. Now, when you're 10 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old, your metabolism is incredible for starters. And so you can eat whatever the hell you want and often not put any weight on. And I'm going to try not to focus too much about the weight because when I recorded this before, it's all I seem to talk about. But in my life my weight has reflected my happiness in the current state and most of the time anyways um and so sometimes I do use it as an indicator as to how if I when I'm reflecting not in the moment but if I reflect back on a situation it's like I was unhappy so of course I'd put on weight kind of thing so if I do talk about weight please know that you know it's not a big thing. Like it's not a big number on the scale for me, whatever. And it shouldn't be for anyone. They are just numbers on a scale. They do not define you. They do not define the person you are. It took me a long time to learn that as a kid growing up. And to be honest, I'm only just starting to learn it now. Um, But yeah, please know that if I do mention it, I'm not, you know, letting it define me. It's just, it's just an apt way of describing where I was at the time. So because I was young and because I was swimming so much, like, four hours a day, maybe even with some additional lung training or something, um, I could eat anything, anything I wanted and it would not affect me in any ways. I would not put any weight on. Maybe it would affect me like on my insides, but I didn't know about that. So who cared? And my parents didn't do the best job of um, supporting me and having a very nutritional diet because, you know, we used to have In our, in our, you know, the middle drawer of your fridge that's supposed to be like filled with fruit, or I don't even know what you use for your middle drawer. This is how out of touch of the what's supposed to be used in the middle drawer. It was just full of chocolate. I would come home, and there would be all different types of chocolates that you could even think of: mini versions, big bars, like everything in that drawer. And then you'd open the freezer, and there'd be a big tub of ice cream. And it was terrible and of course i loved this like what kid isn't going to love this and so i would just absolutely tank through all this really bad stuff and i wouldn't see any difference in the way i looked or anything or the way i felt to be honest because i felt pretty much crap all the time because i was waking up at half past four and you know i was knackered from swimming all the time so i didn't really notice any difference and this is where everything stemmed from because I learned such bad eating habits and no repercussions and so I just basically had no relationship whatsoever with food so then when I stopped at 16 and you know I went from 20 to 24 hours of training a week to then nothing because like I almost had like a a period of like well I don't want to do anything with my life now because I've wasted so much of it all this time. I'm, you know, I was kind of a bit bitter upon quitting because for me, I'm kind of the person that's like Olympics or nothing. And so when I realised finally that you know Olympics wasn't going to be on the cards, that was it. I, me and me and swimming had broken up, and I had to deal with that breakup of that relationship. Um, and so yeah, I had a very tumultuous time with diet afterwards. And because I wasn't any good at any other exercise, I pretty much gave up with exercise in general because every time I tried, I felt disheartened and I didn't wanna go back to swimming again because I'd only be more disheartened when I wasn't as good as I used to be with swimming. And also I felt like every every time I got back in a pool, I would feel that insurmountable pressure to do well again. Um, And so exercise in general was just off the cards for me combine that with, you know, terrible eating habits, obviously Fraz is going to put on a lot of weight and without, you know, going too much into it, I was very unhappy. Um, this happened, you know, I finished swimming when I was in my GCSE year and then I went to college. Uh, an exercise wasn't really a big part of my life during college still and the eating habits, you know, hadn't changed my parents still were fueling the uh the whole terrible eating habit thing I mean I can't blame my parents fully for it but I didn't know any any different I didn't know any better kind of I, I saw other people doing other stuff online but I thought everyone just ate shit like I did all the time and that because and I saw friends like eating not great at all like too but you know they were all going through their own kind of stuff um so not only did I have a really strange relationship and probably terrible, to be honest, relationship with food during college, I also had a terrible relationship with exercise. I kind of had a bit of a love-hate re- relationship with the gym. I was a bit in and out of it, a bit of yo-yo. I had a bit of a summer where I went with a, went to the gym with a friend quite a lot. I really enjoyed it, but then I gave up as soon as uh, school and college, whatever, came around. And that's one thing that I've really learned recently I'm sure. In fact, I won't. I'll leave it. I'll talk. I'll talk about it in a bit. But yeah, this unhealthy relationship with food had kind of spiraled at this point. So there was no in between. I would either be eating absolute crap, or I would go until six, seven o'clock at night before I ate my first meal of the day. Sometimes um, some of that was to do with the whole, you know, academic pressure I put on myself that I talked about in the last episode, and you know, talking about um was it the last episode maybe the one before but anyways this whole pressure I put on myself and I couldn't put my work down until it was done and done well and I knew everything and then the other part was probably me convincing myself that the only way I would lose weight is if I restricted you know my diet to a ridiculous amount and so it actually got to a point where I was really eating a dangerously small amount of calories because that was the only way I thought you know you could lose weight And it's the only way I'd sustainably been able to lose weight in the past. But actually, that wasn't the case. It was just because I gave up about two weeks after trying every single time that I tried to lose weight. And so this led to just a really unhappy frazz. She was really unhappy with the way she looked. You know, like I say, numbers do not define, numbers on a scale do not define, but I was unhealthy. Like, medically, I was unhealthy, I was not looking after myself, I was prioritising school, you know, there was always this saying at swimming, like, about how school came first, and I'm slowly realising now, in my big old age, that perhaps that is not the case, and it should stop being the case, and I don't know why it's talked about being the case most, like, all the time. I think, you know, yourself is the priority and, you know, how happy you are and your joy and your health is the priority, not school. But I digress. So yeah, I lost a lot of weight, obviously, in this period because I was just eating so little. And the problem was, was that I was so, you know, miserable, but I got this kind of validation from people like congratulating me or not congratulating me, but being like, you look so good. Like, uh, you look amazing. Like all these compliments because I did just look like my friends who were quite small, you know, tiny little gals. And the reality was that I was miserable because I'd restricted myself so much to get there. And it just was not, it was not a healthy mindset to be in. And I kind of didn't see a way out because no one was really, no. for starters, most people didn't know. And then second of all, the people that did know just saw it as normal or not a problem because I still looked the way that I did or I looked normal to people like I wasn't. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm describing that very well, but that is like kind of how it all spiraled. Um, And I was small for me, like I didn't look maybe small to others, but I was tiny and I was kind of like, very weak as well like I wasn't I didn't feel strong I just felt lethargic all the time and obviously because I'm not giving my body any energy to move but I didn't know that at the time like I just thought this was what everyone did and this is how life was lived and it was very sad it was a very miserable time and then I met my boyfriend and now I don't want to you know I don't want to shit talk him here because it's not his fault it's completely my fault um but so my boyfriend is my first ever boyfriend we will probably, be, well, I am pretty much 99% sure at this point that he is going to be my last ever boyfriend because we're going to get married one day and, you know, have a beautiful life together. And I was very lucky that I found my boyfriend at a young age of about 17, I think I was. Yes, I was 17 um, in my second year of college. And the problem was he was my first boyfriend. And I, you know, I'd been in talking stages with other guys before, but... It never felt as serious as this and the problem was was that I had such nervous butterflies and that's the only way I can describe it but like every time I even thought about him every time we did stuff together I was just so nervous that the eating habits didn't really change because I felt physically sick every time I felt like eating and I don't know like I feel like now if I was I don't know if the benefit of hindsight is a thing but maybe I wasn't quite ready for a relationship or maybe I just had to kind of push myself to the to really do it but I was so nervous and I just couldn't physically eat which was also a problem and funny story actually I went to on our like second or third date and we went to like a fish and chip restaurant in our local area that's really popular I ordered scampi and chips and a nice salad and I just couldn't eat in front of him I physically I don't know why it was quite a common thing amongst my friendship group at the time that like eating in front of boys was like a weird thing Not weird, but like a terrifying thing and it should be something you were nervous about. And I ate that little that the waitress came up to me to take the plate at the end and was like, was everything all right with your food? Are you all right? Because I'd literally eaten like one or two pieces of scampi and that was it. That's all I'd touched. And looking back on that now, I just want to like, I want to shake Fraz's shoulders and be like, stop being a little bitch. Eat your food because he's just a boy. Obviously, he's not just a boy. He's my bloody love of my life now, but not to be gushy. Um, but like, if I could just go back to that phrase and be like, what the hell are you thinking, girl? Like, get your act together. Not to be harsh, because obviously you've got to go through these things in life. But and obviously the benefit of hindsight is brilliant. But it was just thinking about it now is crazy. And it wasn't until kind of I was with my boyfriend and we got a bit more comfortable with each other that he was like look I've noticed this this isn't healthy like you need to do something about it and I realized yeah I do need to do something about it and it wasn't really until I went to uni that you know this mindset about food and eating and this just this relationship with food completely changed um I'm so grateful for it. I'm, I, so I was like the lockdown year of first year of uni. So I moved into halls in September when we just had the lockdown and everything in the March. Um, and seeing other people's eating habits was just like the most mind boggling thing for me, at, like out of everything. So I had, I stayed in halls from the September to the December. I moved out in the January because we went back into another lockdown and I just didn't see the need for me to be there. Um, I just commuted to uni for like important sessions and things. But it was like, I just, I just seeing other people and how other people eat and how regularly other people eat and then they looked the way they did. It was just like life-changing. I couldn't believe it. I was like, so you can eat three meals a day You know, quite substantial meals and have snacks and look the way you do. And, you know, you look fine. You look perfect. You look normal. I'm not, you know, and obviously everyone is critical of themselves and probably not critical of others, but everyone in the flat was just lovely people and they all ate normal amounts and I was experiencing this for the first time, which is weird to think that you could get to 18 years of your life and not really experience how other people eat. So I'd just lived, you know, with my parents this whole time, and their ways of eating were probably not the best. And their relationship with food isn't the best. And so my relationship with food didn't become the best. And then seeing how other people's relationships with food were and just how like normal it was. I was like, God, maybe I can turn this around and still look, you know, and feel. Maybe I shouldn't be saying look. I apologise. I don't mean look because life isn't all about how you look, but it was a big, big deal for me. It it still is, you know, everyone wants to look nice and feel nice. But that was the main part. I wanted to feel good. I wanted to look good. I wanted to, you know, feel how I was supposed, like how in myself I enjoy feeling. I wanted to be happy. I just wanted to be comfortable. I felt so uncomfortable with, with myself and yeah. So I, I probably should have said this, but you know, like everyone, I put a lot of weight on in lockdown. Not a lot was happening. A lot of takeaways were happening and a lot of, you know, eat out to help out schemes were happening, etc. etc. You gotta put a lot of weight on. So we're back to not square one, but we're back to unhappy, unhealthy frazz again. And so I experienced these different eating habits and things for three months at uni and then I moved back home and when I moved back to home and combine it with the new year so this is now January of 2021 I finally felt empowered to make a change to make a difference in my life about you know how I eat and what I eat and how I exercise I felt ready to take a crack at it all again and being that it was COVID as well going back into I think it was two more lockdowns after that or maybe just one big lockdown, actually. But just going back into that allowed me, you know, I had all this time and I didn't know what to do with it. So I was allowed to focus my energy on, you know, preparing nice food that was balanced and healthy. And, you know, I could take the time to educate myself about exercise in the gym and food and all these different things. And so I I made a New Year's resolution in January 2021 of taking exercise seriously again and not, you know, beating myself up when I wasn't amazing at it or perfect at it first time. And there was actually a girl on Instagram that I came across called Courtney Black. I'm not sure how I came across. I honestly can't remember, but I noticed she had an app and she was doing a challenge. So I signed up signed up for the challenge and I did her little at home 40 minute workout videos in the sunroom um, because it wasn't being used as my dad's photography studio at that Moment in time, because uh, obviously lockdown, you know, all that stuff wasn't allowed to happen, and I really enjoyed it. I really started to feel more confident. I learned a lot of stuff about, you know, different lifts that you can do in the gym, and I wasn't obviously use. I was using just like some little dumbbells, but I started to no- notice changes, and I didn't notice any change on the scales. Again, little Faraz was just focusing on the scales, which is sad. But in hindsight, my body composition changed a lot, and if anything you know the stuff that i learned in this period was the main takeaway from all this the fact that the ch- scales weren't changing was just a minute little inconvenient small problem and actually now i know a lot more and that if the scales weren't changing perhaps i was just losing fat and putting muscle on at the same time but anyways i digress again so yeah i learned a lot during this time i started you know, enjoying exercise again, feeling the endorphins. I always remember actually, I used to get in the shower and just be like on this endorphin boost and be so happy that, this is so cringe, but like I used to just dance in the shower. I used to be so happy and just get my tunes on and get dancing. It was great. I I used to love it. And so when life opened up again, I actually felt so much more ready to join the gym because I felt like I had a good basis knowledge from all these Courtney Black videos. So I left that app unfortunately. But I did feel like it was, you know, a means to an end. And then eventually I moved back to uni. And so I kind of, fitness just became a part of my life. It just became a routine part of my everyday. But the little caveat was that my my diet still wasn't great. I had put a lot of effort into, you know, learning things and trying at home. But I think the main factor was that I was still at home and it's easier to ask, or not even ask, just say yes to your parents when they say, do you want me to cook tea, than it is to make tea yourself. Tea is dinner for some people. So my my version is breakfast, dinner, tea, but some people call it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Just so you know, tea is dinner. Okay, so yeah, I I just said obviously yes to my mum and dad making me dinner, and, oh, I said dinner. <gasps> My southern friends are having an influence on me. But I, sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, it wasn't until I moved back to uni that I was kind of, you know, I was in the fitness groove and I thought, right, now is the time to address this relationship with food because I'd do so well for eating, you know, good meals for a while and then I'd eat you know, meals three times a day, which was a big goal of mine. I wanted to eat, make sure I was eating three meals a day. And then I'd go and, you know, binge on some chocolate or some terrible stuff. And not that, you know, I'm not allowed that stuff, but I would just like meg, I would eat so much of it, like mindlessly as well. I'd just be watching something and not even thinking about what I was eating. And then it would make me feel good for about three seconds. And then I'd be like, oh, shit, what have I done? And then I'd feel bad about it. And I would just be like, oh, I've let myself down. Oh, I might as well give up. And then I'd just give up. And it'd be this vicious cycle. And I wish I could go back to that phrase and tell her that one bad night of food, I say bad, in my opinion, there are are foods that are less nutritious and foods that are more nutritious. This is what I think now. They're not bad and good. They are just, you know, one's gonna make me happy in the moment. One's gonna make me happy in the long run. which do I feel like in this moment I have such a better relationship with calling foods what they are and how I feel about food but in this time you know I saw it as good and bad food and I wish I could go back to that phrase and just be like look you've had one bad in little inverted commas bad night of food that's not going to ruin all this progress you've made just wake up tomorrow and carry on again because every time I would beat myself up for it and then I'd end up eating more rubbish and then I'd convince myself that I'd ruined it all. And it was just the worst, the worst little vicious cycle. And I wish I could just go back and tell that phrase. But hindsight is a beautiful thing. And I kind of stayed in this vicious cycle for a while. Um, And then I kind of, I don't even know how it happened. There was a lot of stresses in my life at the time. I kind of just fell out of love with the gym again and this was kind of summer of last year so this is uh summer 2022 now I just I fell out of love I really did and I think I did a lot I did more traveling than I've ever done in one summer meaning I went to two different countries in one summer but I was just really enjoying time with my boyfriend and went through some shit at the home my parents got divorced so it was a big crazy time I'm not blaming myself for it at all but I let myself go again, not going to lie. I got out of the exercise routine. I didn't exercise at all, didn't even think about it, which I think in hindsight like is what I needed. I didn't need myself to be like beating myself up every day. And I think actually it's where I learned these good relationships with exercise and food. I just stopped altogether beating myself up about if I ate shit or didn't go to the gym. I just stopped I just stopped putting any expectations on myself and I just lived but now what I'm realizing was and in the time at the time I had read a few things about it but I didn't make a conscious effort but what I'm realizing is I kind of did like a little reverse dieting moment and kind of just allowed myself to eat whatever the hell I wanted for a prolonged period of time and kind of boosted my metabolism to get back up to this point where if I did want to you know make a conscious effort to lose weight again I would actually lose weight it wouldn't be that i would have to restrict my calories so low to get any sort of you know reduction in weight because i was actually returning my body's natural metabolism to a a resting point to a natural healthy basal metab bmr all that i don't really understand it all but from my understanding was that i kind of without knowing did this little reverse dieting thing where i just ate what i want so that my body could just get used to tolerating that amount of calories and that amount of energy being put in every single day and obviously this led to me putting a lot of weight on and I'm kind of not mad at it you know I'm I trusted the process not that I was consciously doing it but now knowing that this is what's happened I fully accept it it's what's happened you know we all go through different stages in life. We have fluctuations and we should just accept that that's what it is. And if we're not happy and we're not healthy, then that's when we need to look at reevaluating things. And it wasn't until my boyfriend actually got into his own little fitness journey. So I think something that, I hope you won't mind me saying this, but <laughs> something that definitely sucked me into this bad habits with food of eating terrible um, you know, takeaways all the time and eat, just eating terrible. Um, I started earning money over the summer cause I did a placement and it was just like, I was just eating shocking stuff, but it's fine. It happened. It was an emotional time to say the least. And it wasn't until he kind of finally, he'd tried a few times to do the whole fitness losing weight thing, but kind of not successfully. And then in November of 2022, he really took it seriously. He was like, I'm going to get a trainer, I'm going to get a meal plan done. This is it. Like I'm doing it because this is unhealthy. And I kind of watched him do it and I was like, damn, he's doing really well. He lost like two stone, I think. I think he's nearly at two stone now. And now we're in just start of March. So yeah, he's still doing great. And then January came around and I was like, you know what? I want to do this. I'm going to start. He's motivated me. He's inspired me. And also seeing him like have a trainer, someone who really knows their shit, being like, you only need to go to the gym three times a week at this moment in time and just eat clean. So he wasn't even like exercising over and above and beyond and, you know, really putting his body through it and absolutely slashing every single session and just going for it. Like he wasn't doing that. He was going to the gym for an hour, doing a full body moment. Doing that three times a week, coming home, eating his meal prep, and that was it. And it just looked, he made it look so easy. So I just started to think, you know what? I think I can do this. I actually think I can do this. So January of this year, I gave it a good go, gave it a crack, and I'm finally starting to see results. I cannot believe it, guys. I'm finally, not only am I seeing results, but because it's not always about that, I feel so much happier, so much more at peace this feels like forever. For the first time in my life, it feels like this is a routine that I've found that I can build on in the future, maybe. But right now, this just feels normal. This feels forever. So I'm working out three times a week. I go to the gym. I absolutely love it. It's such a great gym. It's a pure gym. I always get on with pure gyms. I don't know why. But I've been going to the gym three times a week. I do, you know, legs, arms, abs, a bit of cardio, as you know full body sessions three times a week so I'm usually there for about an hour an hour and a half and I really enjoy that that way of working I like I thought an Instagram taught me told me that you know doing splitting your days up and going five times a week and doing different exercises every day would be good but actually training the same muscle groups over and over again three days a week is doing more for me than do it splitting my into different groups has ever done So I feel really great about that. And I just, I cannot stress enough how much happier I feel. I don't, I don't even know, like, I don't know if it's helping with my boyfriend doing it at the same time as me. It's kind of like I've got someone cheering me on in my corner that actually understands and is going through a very similar thing. But just having this, I don't even know. I just got a whole new perspective. My relationship with food has completely changed I'm eating so clean, like the cleanest I've ever felt, (laughs) the cleanest I've ever felt, the cleanest I've ever eaten, but I'm enjoying it. Like I'm absolutely loving it. I no longer have these massive cravings for sugary, chocolatey, ice creamy takeaways, all this sort of stuff. I don't have a craving for it anymore. I enjoy eating my chicken breast and my sweet potatoes and my salad. I enjoy eating my mince meal prep. Or, you know, my tuna pasta or my salmon. Like, I enjoy eating this stuff because I feel great after I eat it. And I'm enjoying, like, I go to netball through uni every Tuesday night. And then some weeks I'll go rock climbing, which, I mean, it's only happened twice. So I can't really say some weeks, but I'm enjoying going rock climbing. That's a full body workout in itself, believe you and me. And, you know, if it's on a very rare occasion, I am enjoying going for a spontaneous run. If I feel like it, you know, listening to my Lizzie McAlpine ceilings, you know, going for a nice little drama, drama girl run. (laughs) But yeah, I'm just, I'm stopping putting, I feel like I have finally got to a place where I'm stopping putting so much pressure on myself and starting to just be and to just enjoy the process. I'm no longer looking for a quick fix. This is a lifestyle now. I'm not looking to lose X amount of weight in two weeks. I am just... And the, na- the scales have just naturally dropped and I'm just happy to see it drop and I'm not bothered about how- by how much because I feel so much better and, you know, I go to bed at night and I actually feel tired and I feel rested and I feel just all of the things. I'm just so much happier and so much in a better place. And honestly, I don't know what it was that helped me get there. I think I just needed a period of life where I just stopped and took a second, and just stopped putting so much expectation on myself that I had learned through, you know, years of competitive swimming and having this athlete mentality that I had to do the best all the time, Stop putting so much pressure on myself to eat certain things, and then beating myself up when I didn't eat certain things, and just, I just, I I just was, I, I just allowed myself to just be, and then... After having that period of, you know, break, realizing that I'd probably got myself to a bit of an unhealthy point, but not, you know, beating myself up about it, just being very aware that I needed to change it. Then having this motivation and seeing someone else very near and dear to my heart that's very close to me, doing the exact thing that I wanted to do. I found another fire in my belly for it, another passion to do it. And then I implemented things that were doable, and then achievable. And then when I didn't, if I... So last week, for example, I only went to the gym twice and I didn't beat myself up about it because I did netball on Tuesday. I went rock climbing. I did other things. I walked to uni that day. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm just building an active lifestyle into my life. And this is what it is. It's a lifestyle now. I'm not looking for a short-term solution anymore to look like other people. I'm just being me and I'm just bloody enjoying it. I cannot stress how... Like, I hope you can feel my happiness and joy through the microphone because I'm just so much happier these days. So much more rested and settled and just know who I am, what I want. I just, I'm very happy in the health aspect of life. And one thing I mentioned before is about, that I said I would, you know, actually touch upon at the end, is prioritising me because for so long, in my life, my entire life, people told me studies come first. People told me that all life, all the time, studies come first. But what about me? What about my health, my mental health, my physical health? What about my relationship with people, with others? What about my happiness? And I feel like this is where it all stems from in the fact that I stopped being like, okay, studies come first, so I can't go to the gym today. Damn, I'm going to beat myself up about that. No. I said, right, I'm going to prioritise the gym today. I'm going to prioritise getting that meal prep done. And then I'm going to do my lectures. Fair enough. I'll turn up to like my timetabled things. And I'll fit uni around that. But I'm not going to... It is snowing so hard outside right now. (laughs) Sorry, I've just got distracted. But it is... it's, It's raining. So it's not going to settle. But it is snowing real hard. Can't believe it's snowing in March. What's going on? Anyways, sorry. I... Yeah, I'm just... I feel like I finally got to, I saw a very good TikTok, actually. I'm going to get it up because I feel like it is so unbelievably true. It sums up a couple of things I've been saying in previous episodes. And it says, Somewhere between then and now, I've come to choose a good night's sleep over a perfect grade, a day out with friends over stressing about a deadline, and the pursuit of my passions over the pressure to be the perfect student. Sometimes I worry about the loss of a version of me. I worry that I don't care enough and lack the urgency and drive to excel. But somewhere between then and now, I had to let go of that tireless need for validation so that I could notice the beauty all around me. So that I could make space for all the grief and the joy, the gratitude and the sorrow. Little by little, I'm rediscovering a version of me one with eyes open and heart expectant. I'm moving forward step by step, healing and growing, learning to dream once more. That's by Sabina H-N-S-N on TikTok. And it is so true. I am in the stage right now where, you know, uni is just one part of my life. The other part is me. The other part is my happiness, my joy, my passions. And along with that, My gym, my exercise, my relationship with food—everything has just become a balance rather than uni comes first all the time because that's all I've been taught my entire life. And I've really been enjoying it. I found my happiness to significantly improve, and surprisingly, my grades not budge. I have not dropped in academics, (laughs) Touchwood, but so far my academics have not suffered for doing this. So, I mean, they haven't improved, they've just stayed the same, but I mean, that's a, that's a good sign, isn't it? When you start to prioritise yourself, your own happiness, and everyone your whole life has told you, studies come first, and then you prioritise other things and your studies don't suffer. It's a pretty good feeling, I must admit. So I just want to end this beautiful little podcast with just a little summary things of, you know, what I want to get across to you guys in this episode. Number one, learn what exercise works for you and don't force yourself to do something that you hate. That is number one that I think is a big top tip. I was forcing myself for so long to do things I didn't enjoy. I hate running. So why, unless I'm feeling the random urge, why do I do it? Number two, don't force yourself to work out every day of the week just because the gals on Insta are doing it find what works for you and I cannot stress that enough just because the Instagram girls that literally are Gymshark paid people and this is their job so of course they can go to the gym five times a week just because they are doing it doesn't mean that you have to if that works for you great if it doesn't find what works for you because I promise there is a routine out there that works for you and do not pressure yourself to go a ridiculous amount especially in the beginning You know, I'm at three times a week now, but in the summer when, you know, life's a bit calmer, I might go five times a week. Who knows? We'll see. I'm not going to put pressure on myself. We'll just see where the world takes me. Number three, food is fuel and it is energy for you to do all these beautiful things that you want to do in life. Okay? So please stop seeing it as the enemy. If you do struggle, please do seek help. I found... 24-7 hotline online called beat eating disorders.org.uk. They have a 24-7 helpline. If you do struggle with this, if you potentially thought that this podcast wasn't going to trigger you, but it has, please go seek help from someone. You are worthy of help. You know, please do not feel inferior or like you can't ask for it because there are people out there who care and who will help. Number four, find the foods that you love. Don't restrict food groups Just try to eat them in moderation, okay? So, you know, if you're a chocolate fiend like I am, just eat it in moderation and have all these nutritious things along with it, you know? I have quite, I wouldn't say basic or bland, because I love my meals. I'm a bit of a sweet potato whore at the minute, not even going to lie. I have it pretty much with every tea time meal. I'm not mad at it, you know? I love sweet potato but I usually do have like a, a protein sauce, like chicken breast or something like that with sweet potato. And then I also love the frozen vegetable bags that you can just microwave because they're so quick and easy when you can't be bothered to cook. And it's just a really lovely meal with a bit of mayo. And then if I don't feel like I've, you know, I'm still craving a little something, something, I'll have a little bit of chalky or a hot chocolate or a protein yogurt or some fruit or something like that, whatever I'm feeling on the day. And... I've learned to just be like, okay, I've had that. That satisfied my craving. Gonna put it to bed now. Whereas before I'd be like, well, I've opened the chocolate bar. I've ruined all my progress. I'm gonna eat it all now. And that was silly. Silly, silly me. I can put it down. I don't have to eat it all. It's not, you know, ruined my life. And, you know, if you don't eat them in moderation, for whatever reason, whether it be birthdays, Christmases, or like me, you've just opened a chocolate bar and oops, you found yourself at the end, (laughs) you found yourself with one square left and you're not sure how it happened, that is fine. So what? It's not going to ruin all your progress, so don't let it, okay? I'm telling you, one chocolate bar is not going to ruin all your progress, so do not let it. Replay that if you need to, okay? And I'm going to leave it on that, okay? Two quotes, two little quotes to get you going, to keep, to get to kind of end this podcast and transition you into your lovely day one consistency is more important than perfection number two visualize your highest self and start showing up as her or him or they or whoever you are okay show up as them visualize who you want to be the highest version of you and show up as them Because I promise the opportunities, the life you want, the life you have dreamed of will just come your way. And if you keep doing it with consistency, not perfection, you don't have to do it. You know, if you do, it, if you step wrong, that doesn't matter. It just matters that you keep showing up and you keep consistent and you keep doing it. Because I promise you will see results and you will You will just feel at peace, like I do currently. I just feel so at peace and so happy with my life. And the only thing that is a negative at this moment in time is the fact that I live so far away from my boyfriend. But in a year and a little bit's time, that will not be the case anymore. And I am incredibly excited about that. But a long-distance chat is definitely for another day, if you would be interested in that. I'm going to leave that there. Thank you so much for listening. I realise this is probably a longer podcast, but I'm just very happy that you came to join me. And that was my beautiful little quick round stop tour of the past, God knows how long of my life. And my, you know, my fitness journey, getting rid of that athlete mentality, finding that positive relationship with food. And I hope there's a, you know, if you're either going through it, have been through it I hope you can either relate or there's something in there that can help you and I would be really keen as always to hear your thoughts hear how this helped you at all thank you so much for listening I really appreciate you being here have a wonderful week have a wonderful day have a wonderful week and I'll see you in the next one bye okay yeah bye